Thanks to Cabbage for supporting Market Foolery. Get the money you need to run your small business today. Go to cabbage.com to get started. Credit lines subject to review and change. Individual requests for capital are separate installment loans issued by Celtic Bank, member FDIC. It's Tuesday, September 17th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hell, joining me in studio from MFAM Funds, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We've got a holiday retail forecast. We've got some consumer goods news, but we're going to start with the end of We Company. Not the end, I suppose, of the parent company of WeWork, but certainly the end of its attempt to be a public company because it is officially over. WeWork has shelved its plans to go public. And I'll just say something that I've said before, which is I have never seen anything like this before. I've never seen anything this fast, this negative this fast to go from in less than a month, basically, we're going public, here's our valuation. Oh, you don't like that? We're going to cut it in half. Oh, you don't like that? <laughs> Can we lower it even further? And now I don't know what happens to this company. So, so they've postponed the uh, the IPO uh, until at least October, right? So it's uh, you've you've said this is the end, but I think this is just one the end of the beginning, uh, the end of the first attempt to go public. And if they can, I don't know. Let's paint a, a good picture here for them for a moment, which is that they. Come out with another quarter of results. The results are better than expectations. Expectations are to lose billions of dollars, and they probably will pull that off, but maybe in a smaller amount than the worst fears. Uh, revamp the atrocious uh, executive uh, compensation and and um, you know ownership structure that they've got. Uh, and and bring this out at something approaching a reasonable valuation, and maybe you see this come out again, which may be necessary because they're going to need the money. They are, they have adopted a business plan which appears to be we can burn through lots of money because we're going to be able to get money out of an IPO when we need it. I think they're still pretty much wedded to that business plan. That may be, but keep in mind the most recent public filing we got from WeWork was. A revamping of maybe not all of the moves they could have made in terms of executive compensation, but they certainly ratcheted down um, the power uh, that the CEO has. They uh, improved the corporate governance, but it seemed at the time, and it still seems a little bit like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. I mean, if they if they really need to go public. Then, yeah, you're right. I suppose there's a pathway in which they beat expectations on how much money they lose. They still need to radically overhaul what they're doing on the compensation side, and I would argue even the corporate governance side. I mean, I feel like they're just scratching the surface of that if they really need to unlock public market value. I agree, and I think that that is probably what is ahead, at least. Uh, probably rearranging some of the names of, of some of the higher up executives. Do you think they need a change in leadership in the same way that Uber got to the point when it was still a private company that Travis Kalanick was no longer tenable as the leader of that company? And I, it, it seemed very much the case that certainly behind closed doors, there were people telling Kalanick that and other people at that company, look, if you want to go public and have any decent shot, 
of overhauling your image, that guy's got to go. Yes. Yes, I think that's that's what they need to do. Uh, whether that is what is done uh, will remain to be seen. But if they were to do that and get some sort of very credible leadership to come in there, that's their best opportunity, I think, for a valuation along the lines that they want. And that it's a long way to hear from there, given given the ownership structure. And uh, but that is that is a better path, I think, than any than any other one. If you're talking about what from the outside seems to be a small change. Hey, just get a different person who has skill set and who has credibility. There are those kind of people out there. Uh, now that said, uh, Uber did that, and it's not like they've been a great IPO. Uh, they went public, and one can say one can always take the perspective that if you go public and achieve more money. Then the stock is worth later on in time. Then you've done a good job in terms of getting money into the company and not selling, you know, all of your company at the wrong valuation in terms of fundraising. But in terms of what investors want and what investors are looking at, given the somewhat broken IPOs of Uber, Lyft, Slack, uh, yeah, this is this does not appear to be the time to bring out a. Hey, we're growing really fast. We're losing lots of money. Trust us, you know. IPO. Last thing before we move on, how confident are you that they go public before the end of 2019? I'll take the under. The wait, wait, does that mean yes or does less that than all of them go public? <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna. It's not gonna happen in 2019. They've they've announced this is postponed until at least October. They're going to bring this in, retool, talk to people, see where the sentiment is, and I think that the things they're going to hear are you need to do more than you think you need to do, and that is going to take longer than you know. I don't think that they, if you know, and it's easy from the outside. Why don't you just get a different CEO? Together, right? Uh, that is not going to sit well with the current CEO and founder. So you know you got to you got to wade through that. There may be a price. Everybody's got their price, though, right? And if if his interests are look, I just want to have a whole lot of money from this, then he may be convinced that that is the way to get the biggest pile of money. Shares of Kraft Heinz down four percent today. That's because 3G Capital disclosed it has sold 25 million shares of Kraft Heinz. I will add parenthetically, this is on top of the 20 million shares that 3G sold in August of 2018. And in some ways, this seems like the opposite of WeWork, in the sense that WeWork gets ready to go public and Pretty much everyone looks at it and says, "Oh God, I want no part of that company at a valuation of 47 billion, or for that matter, 25 billion." You think back to 3G Capital getting together with Berkshire Hathaway on the Kraft Heinz deal, and at the time, was anyone negative on this deal? This deal that has just continued to go south quarter after quarter, year after year. At the time, it was like, oh, it's the brilliance of Buffett. 3G Capital has this reputation as great operators. They're going to make this work. 
Yeah, I, I don't recall anybody being skeptical about the long-term prospects here, but um, you know, times change, and I think that 3G has brought the cost-cutting mentality uh, and has improved significantly operating margins uh, at the entity, uh, but. They have, in part, done that by cutting back on brand building and, and advertising, and so the, the top line is not growing at all. And where they find themselves is in a world where Kraft and Heinz just, uh, I guess, shine a spotlight on on the brands that you know through their name, and there are many other brands under the umbrella here. But you know, Kraft cheese, Heinz uh, uh, ketchup, you've got um, two brands that. Are kind of stuck in the middle, and this is where they are. They have brand, you know, everybody knows the names, but there's increased competition by private label, which can compete in terms of quality against them. Um, and then there's lots of other things that are coming into the market that are uh, better, you know, more organic, more healthy. Certainly, advertising themselves as more healthy than, than the highly packaged goods that we associate with these names. More expensive. And so, if people are going to spend a little bit more than the private label, maybe they're going to spend a little bit more than that to get the organic stuff, um, the, the the healthy healthier stuff. And Kraft Heinz has got sort of uh, you know the middle part of of that market, which is not growing. So, uh, let me move away from the business and talk for a moment about palace intrigue, for lack of a better phrase. Back in June. Uh, Warren Buffett was asked about tensions between Berkshire Hathaway and 3G Capital over this deal. Um, you know, Berkshire Hathaway has had to write down uh, the Kraft Heinz acquisition, and at the time he was like, "No, no, no, we're you know everything's great." How many more times can 3G Capital sell tens of millions of shares <laughs> before Berkshire Hathaway starts to think, "You know what? Maybe we're going to dump some of this too." Well. In part, it depends on on how accurate the possibility is that a lot of what the sale was about was capital raise. That 3G has windows where uh, you know it needs to return capital to shareholders who want some of their money back. And this being one of their largest holdings, this is one of the places that they have to go to get that. It is true that uh, there was a separate filing that uh, the head of uh, 3G. Um, for himself, his personal holdings uh, increased by $100 million of, of Kraft Heinz. So, that's the narrative that Buffett presumably has to figure out. You know, if the head is buying more and showing confidence in the company, at least at this price. Um, and there's nothing that they can do about the money that they have to return to shareholders other than to liquidate things they otherwise wouldn't want to liquidate, including but not limited to Kraft Heinz, then you know, then maybe everything is good. Uh, if that turns out to be a story that he can't trust for some reason, then things are not as good. Last Palace some. intrigue ends in murder, I suppose. <laughs> Presumably, 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 uh, death. Yes, 3G sold 20 million shares last summer, summer of 2018, at around sixty dollars a share. They just sold these. Right now, the stock's around 28. It's close to an all-time low. Does this look at all attractive to you 
on a valuation basis? Do you think there's any chance Buffett goes out and buys more of this, or do you think this is just one he lets sit there for a while because because of the pain it has caused to this point? Uh, well, I'm not sure if he has a philosophy on throwing good money after bad. Uh, or I'm pretty like sure that. he's against that. Yeah, I mean, when you phrase it that way, um, but or averaging down, if you want to look at it a bit more positively, it's trading about nine times earnings, I think. Uh, so there's certainly a you know a, a place where you get interested in. Uh, the valuation here, and presumably it's been in that place for a while, actually. Uh, so I, I think it is possible, but uh, you know, he doesn't need uh, to, you know, go further down this path. Quick shout out to Cabbage. When you own a small business, your time is valuable because let's face it, you're doing it all. You're managing inventory, covering payroll, doing a hundred other things before lunch. And that's just an average day. Getting the money you need to run your small business should not be the thing that takes up all your time. And that's why Cabbage created a simple, modern way for businesses to access up to $250,000 of credit. You can apply online, and it takes just minutes to complete and get a decision. If your business qualifies, you can access the amount you need right away and withdraw more funds whenever you need extra capital. Cabbage has an a rating with the Better Business Bureau and has already provided over 200,000 small businesses with access to funding. Starting a small business can be challenging. I have friends who have started small businesses, including, by the way, David and Tom Gardner. They'll tell you having access to funds is an important key to starting a small business. It's something a lot of companies struggle with when they're starting out. So, get the money you need to run your small business today. Go to cabbage.com to get started. That's K A B B A G E.com. Credit lines subject to review and change. Individual requests for capital are separate installment loans issued by Celtic Bank, member FDIC. Holiday retail sales are projected to increase 4.5% to 5% this year. This is according to an annual survey by Deloitte, looking at holiday retail spending somewhere in the neighborhood of $1.1 trillion. Although, as you like to say, the great thing in life is to have an easy act to follow. And holiday retail sales in 2019, a little bit of an easy act to follow, or easier act to follow, because Retail sales last holiday season were a little bit lower due to a number of things, not the least of which was, um, you may recall, last December the stock market went basically straight to zero. Not straight to zero, but it went down a lot. Yeah, it was down about (laughs) twenty, a little over twenty percent, depending on what uh, you know average you're, you're following from its high to the low, which was right before Christmas, and so. That was pretty tough, you know. If you're projecting, what are we talking? Four and a half, five percent. Yeah. Uh, you know that is so the the real economy is growing about two, two and a half percent this year. Inflation one, one and a half percent. You know, four percent. So throw another percent maybe uh, in in terms of holiday cheer on top of just uh, real growth plus inflation. I mean, it's. It's not really that much of an uh, you know an estimate. It's, but it's, well, it's a you, nice. You don't need a lot of data uh, sources beyond like your head to come up with that one. Wow, that's got quite a shot. You just took at Deloitte. I, I I mean it's 
it's just not it's just not some huge mystery. I think um, I should add parenthetically uh, for those who are thinking about uh, looking at the landscape of retail stocks you could buy, uh, e-commerce sales expected to grow in the range of fourteen to eighteen percent. So maybe not a surprise that e-commerce sales. Looking to run ahead of sort of traditional bricks and mortar retail as well. Um, so Deloitte came out with their annual survey. There was another um, forecast that came out today as well. Um, maybe timed specifically to come out with the Deloitte one from a global consulting firm called Alex Partners. Uh, basically, came out with a not an identical forecast, but very close, a slightly lower range. You know, four point four to five point three percent. You know. Um, it's basically the same, although Alex Partners, uh, in their forecast, warned of, and I'm quoting here, unprecedented uncertainty this holiday season for retailers. What do you think they know at Alex Partners that nobody else? Unpre- You're throwing a word like unprecedented around? Really? There were four Christmases that came to mind as possibly being even more uncertain. Uh, 1941. Comes to mind, uh, and then of course uh, the year Rudolph came in, mm-hmm. Christmas, very uncertain going in there. Uh, yeah, there were headlines warning of uh, it, Christmas might be canceled outright. Exactly, the year that Grinch actually did steal Christmas. Right, there was a lot of uncertainty. How's this going to play out? Play happy ending as it turned out, despite the theft and. Um, you know, of course, the year without a Santa Claus. Right. And by the way, all those things you just mentioned, they all happened. So there are the precedents right there. So I don't know what the folks at Alex Partners are imagining is going to happen this holiday season. Lack of research, I say. I mean, because, yeah, the precedent is there. Those were, those were each one of those four Christmases way crazier. Just go you back. Know, just a little trade with, oh, oh, there are some tariffs. Maybe you're going to have to pay 15% more for. Your plastic toy versus a literal Grinch breaking to into me, your home. Like, what will this Grinch? What even is a Grinch? Like, people had no idea. This year, you're like, ah, fifteen percent more for a toy. Yeah, I'm fine. And no one's stealing it overnight. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I think we need Alex Partners to step up with just some more. Just give us some potential bullet points here of like, what does this look like? You know, like. Game out a couple scenarios for me of what kind of unprecedented uncertainty are you talking about? Otherwise, you're just throwing words around. Yeah, yeah. We'll be we'll revisit this. I'm pretty sure those we'll are, those that have been around know that uh, Rudolph at least is evaluated every year in this space. Always. You can read more from Bill Barker and his colleagues. Go to mfamfunds.com. That's m f a m funds.com. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.